The following message is brought to you by Charles L. King, Jr., pastor of First Baptist Church, West College Hill. If you need additional information, visit firstbaptistchurchwch.org. Turn with me now to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 22 through verse 26. But as always, I encourage you to please, ma'am, and please, sir, to keep your Bibles open or your Bible apps or whatever the case may be, and not only to follow along in the text, but as well as to be able to reference other scriptures that the Lord would give me in support of the message. As we are standing here in the sanctuary, and I believe that more and more of you now, as you join with us, you are probably already standing online, and we do that according to the word of God. Remember in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 5, it says that when Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, that when he opened it, all the people stood up. So we stand in reverence to the word of God. We also stand in reverence, acknowledging the presence of God. Amen. For our coming would be in vain if it were not for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 22. Today I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. Verse 26 says, we must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. So on this third Sunday of January, January the 17th, 2021 with your prayers and by the aid of the Holy Spirit, we want to consider the subject fruit that is never out of season, but particularly self-control. Let us pray that prayer that we pray together each week just to ensure that not only are we on one accord with one another, but we on one accord with the Spirit of God as the word goes forth. Repeat after me, Father, open my eyes so I can see your truth. Open my ears so I can hear your voice. Open my mind so I can understand your word. And open my heart so that I may receive all that you have for me that is for me. In Jesus' name, amen. 
ye may be seated in the presence of our God. Fruit that is never out of season, particularly self-control. My brothers and my sisters, tomorrow our nation will take time to remember the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We celebrate his life and legacy as a leader for justice and equality, but we also must remember and never forget to honor him as a man of faith, a child of God, a minister of the gospel, and a witness for Christ. As we prepare for the annual remembrance of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday tomorrow, I couldn't help but wonder, what would Dr. King say about the state of America if he were alive today? As we recall the work of Dr. King, it's essential to reflect on his philosophy, his teachings, and his leadership, particularly in light of the acts of violence and the insurrection that happened a few Wednesdays ago, hatred demonstrated recently at the nation's capital. Undoubtedly, I believe Dr. King would have been just as appalled as many of us were. But I also contend that he would neither be surprised nor defeated by the venom of white supremacy that continues to flow through the culture of millions of citizens in our country. I believe that he would remind us of the century-old battle for the freedom of all. It lies in the hearts and minds of those who still believe that they are in danger of losing their economic, political, and societal status if other cultures and races actually achieve equal access to the opportunities that have been long deprived. Dr. King believed fiercely in the power of hope, optimism, and activism. There is no doubt that during this time of great unrest and following a heinous attack on the Capitol, I believe that Dr. King would remind us that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. I believe that he would also remind us that hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And in this moment that confronts us, we must remember that through hard work and overcoming great challenges, Barack Obama was the first black president of the United States. And on this Wednesday, January the 20th, Kamala Harris will be sworn in as the first black vice president, the first Indian American vice president, and the first woman to serve in that office. I believe that Dr. King would remind us that Reverend Raphael Warnock, a pastor from Dr. King's church, is now the first black man to represent Georgia in the U.S. Senate. And that didn't just happen either. 
that took a whole lot of hard work. Warnock's victory is a result of years of organizing, and it's also a part of Dr. King's legacy and the dream that you and I must continue to fight for. Harnessing Dr. King's fighting spirit, we must remember that all things are possible and that you and I must continue steadfastly in our own struggle to ensure that every person among us receives equality and justice for that proposition is certainly one that is worth fighting for. Yet, while we take the time to remember the life, the legacy, and the witness of Dr. King, I couldn't help but wonder, but what about you? What about me? And what about us? How are we living our lives? What about our legacy? What about our witness? Amen. And the importance of you and I walking in our convictions. Again, there is so much to absorb, so much to take in and to deal with right now with all that's happening and going on. But I think for many of us as Christians particularly, this has all caused us to look inward at the heart of who we have become. It has made us look closer at who we are in the flesh and who God is actually calling us to be. It's made us ask, hear me when I say this, if we look and sound more like the world other than people of God. It's made us ask, how did we get here? I'm talking here in this mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional state. And how can we move forward boldly living for Christ? Thus, the passage of Scripture that the Holy Spirit put upon me for today's message, found here in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 26. Again, allow me to read it for your hearing and allow this to absorb, even if you just, don't, just follow along with this translation. If you just maybe close your eyes and allow this to seep into your heart. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage. 
our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging or provoking one another, envying one another. Listen, we live in an age of moral relativism where people want to be free to do whatever they feel like doing. Wait a minute, that's not just in the world, that's also in the body of Christ. Thus, when you consider the first three of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, those are what I would call feel-good buttons. Come on, somebody. That we can all love to press. You see, they're the stuff of contemplation or meditation. And the subject of the cause that we all need more love. Come on now. Everybody says we all need more joy and we all need more peace. It just feels good to be to say that. Even without doing anything, a lot of folk are saying, I'm praying for more love and more peace and more joy. But then when you move a little further, it gets a little sticky, however, when the sounds of the call to practice are things like patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. For you see, these deal with the grim realities of relationships. And if these days and times have not done anything else, these days and times have stressed, they have torn apart, they have torn down, they have broken a whole lot of relationships. Relationship, things like patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, these are what they call hands-on. These are what they call that dirt under the fingernails, daily realities, come on somebody, that the majority of their Christian life is composed of. But as tough as they may be to practice, they are nevertheless important and ideal to our witness as Christians. Because again, the scripture says, if we claim, come on somebody, to live by the Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. Which brings me to that last one. But certainly not the least. Self-control. That's the one the Holy Spirit is having me to focus on in today's message. For people are struggling to control things like their feelings, their emotions, their actions, their speech, their behaviors, their reactions, their worries, etc. However, if anyone has ever observed, hear me when I say this, if any of you have ever observed a reckless driver, then you know the destructiveness that can affect the lives of hundreds or even 
thousands because of one out-of-control individual. Teach, Holy Ghost. Thus, without the Spirit's fruit of self-control producing a greater level of agape love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, then guess what? Then we are prisoners to the very sinful nature's tendencies of the flesh. If you haven't closed your Bibles, I'm the, I didn't read them, but look back at the very verses just ahead of the verses that we read, verses 19 through 21. If you look at those verses, you're going to read and see some practices of the sinful nature that are clearly evident. My brothers and my sisters, we need the Spirit's empowering to experience full victory over the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So allow me, please, ma'am, and please, sir, just to, to share some of the ways that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can help you, can help me, can help us to practice some greater self-control. The first thing that the Holy Spirit gave me as I began to pray and meditate on the Scripture is this. The Holy Spirit gives us the self-control to practice a self-restraint so that we are able to exhibit moderation in all the facets of our lives, whether relationships, ministries, personal habits, etc. Listen, Paul wrote, the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us is self-control. So my brothers and my sisters, ask the Lord to, to give you an increasing ability to practice some self-restraint. Come on, somebody. In your personal lifestyle, interpersonal interactions, and various activities. This will include our interactions and commenting and posting even on social media platforms. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 through 24 says this. Run away from youthful lusts. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those believers who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But have nothing to do with foolish and ignorant speculations, useless disputes over unedifying, silly con controversies. Since you know that they produce strife and give birth to quarrels. Verse 24 says, I'm reading in the Amplified, it says, The servant of the Lord must not participate in quarrels, but must be kind to everyone, even tempered, preserving peace. And he must be skilled in teaching, patient, and tolerant when wronged. That becomes instruction for how you and I must begin to maybe... If you're not doing it, start doing. And if we are doing it, we can all get better at it. Come on, somebody. Exercising some self-restraint within 
self-control. Another point that I want to share that I believe that will help you and me to practice some greater self-control is this. The Holy Spirit gives us the knowledge and the wisdom to realize, hear me, that godly balance is better than extremism. Paul wrote again in the scriptures. Here Paul, what he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 and 24. Again, from the Amplified Bible, it says, All things are lawful, that is, morally legitimate, permissible, but not all things are beneficial or advantageous. All things are lawful, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Verse 24 says, let no one seek only his own good, but also that of the other person. Listen, I don't know who I'm talking to, but the Lord is speaking directly into every one of our hearts. And we all need to ask the Lord to give us greater knowledge and wisdom to help us to practice godly balanced approaches that avoid any extremist approaches, i.e. legalism, judgmentalism, intellectualism, traditionalism, wait a minute, patriotism, racism, and radicalism. We need to be careful. God is calling us to godly character as his children. This is bigger than a political affiliation. This is bigger than you considering yourself on the left or the right, conservative or liberal. This is bigger than that. This is us being children of the Most High God. He's saying, if you're going to carry any affiliation, if you want to carry any banner, you carry the bloodstained banner of my son, Jesus. Ask God, especially in these days and times, to fill you with an ever-increasing level of his knowledge, his understanding, his counsel, power, and the fear of the Lord. So you don't judge by merely what you see but by the Spirit's enlightenment. Again, hear the word of the Lord from 1 Corinthians 10, 23 and 24. All things are lawful, that is, morally legitimate or permissible, but not all things are beneficial or advantageous. All things are lawful, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying, to spiritual life. Let no one seek only his own good, but also that of another person. Before you post it, is this about you or about the good of another person? Before you react to it, is this about you or the good of another person? And even if you could do 
what you say that you are lawful to do, even in things like free speech. Come on, somebody. Is it constructive to character, and is it edifying to spiritual life? Listen, it might be lawful, but not everything is beneficial. Teach Holy Ghost. Another point that I want to share that I believe that will help you and me, all of us, to practice greater self-control is this. The Holy Spirit brings us back into fellowship with God whenever we fall into sin's omission, commission, bad attitudes, or faulty presuppositions. Again, teach Holy Ghost. Paul says this time in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What am I saying? Well, what I'm saying is this. Ask the Lord to help you to be drawn back into perfect fellowship with him whenever you consciously or even unconsciously fall into temptation or you succumb to the pressures of the world, the pressures of the flesh, or the devil himself. Remember how damaging it is to be outside of the fellowship with the Spirit. Again, hear the word of God. Psalm 66. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church, West College Hill. If this word inspired you, please consider sharing it. We ask that you do not alter the content without permission. We invite you to firstbaptistchurchwch.org. Inquiries can be submitted at info at firstbaptistchurchwch.org. Our mailing address is 6210 Betts Avenue, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45224. Or you can call our offices at 513-681-1011. First Baptist Church, West College Hill. Reaching the world without sacrificing the message. First Baptist Church, West College Hill. Reaching the world without sacrificing the message.